This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA Media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. It's Saturday, the 22nd of April in the year of our 2023. Welcome. You're here for, you know, it's my favorite show of the week, the Saturday show. For the first hour, I've got three of the best that join me. Uh, Philip Patrick from Birch Gold. We're going to talk about this uh, debt, massive debt fight we got going on, the economy, all of that. I've got from uh, Rome, uh, Ben Harnwell. Talk about Ukraine, how that falls back to this, the beginning of the Third World War. Remember, this weekend kicks off the uh, Third World War. The early years, uh, I'm giving a uh, keynote speech on Sunday to kind of wrap the conference up. And want everybody, we're going to be live streaming different parts of it. Want all of that, uh, everything associated with it to uh, make sure everybody gets all the information possible. Of course, Jeffrey Clark is also uh, going to join us here. In fact, I want to start with uh, Jeff. Jeff, uh, this uh, part of the McCarthy plan, the McCarthy budget, is really about reversing so much that's happened in what they call the uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, all this Build Back Better, all this stuff they did in, in Biden's uh, first couple of years. There's a number of clawbacks, et cetera. One of the things they keep talking about is this massive repositioning of the American economy away from the internal combustion engine, gas-powered cars, and two electric uh, vehicles. We had this huge firefight out in California where they're talking about, I don't know, putting the cars to, uh, to 2025 um, you know, th- that no more gas uh, engines. It's such a huge part of this debate we're having right now about how to balance the budget. You've also got a different angle of attack. But I, just f- from your perspective, and I think this has gone unnoticed because you look at their, you know, Tesla's earnings have fallen. They're cutting prices like crazy. People just are not buying the vehicles. You have now all types of reports and analysis that I think under 7% of the people want an electric vehicle. One is just the cost and the cost of the battery and the cost of the charging stations, all that. Give us your perspective. Why, why, this is a maniacal focus of the Biden regime, and they're hitting it at every level, in the budget, in tax credits, through the EPA, through mandates. Walk us through. Why, why is this obsession with electric vehicles? Well, Steve, I think it's part of the climate cult. And we have in the so-called Inflation Reduction Act just billions of dollars in climate grants. And I'll talk to you uh, at a later time about a conference call I dialed into about these grants. And I made a point of asking about <clears throat> the uh, uh, grants that, you know, could they be used to help East Palestine? I'll, 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 again, I'll talk to you about that later. But look, at the moment, what they're doing is they're trying to radically restructure the economy. I'd even argue kill the economy, uh, you know, through all this spending. That's why we're having this big debt fight to cut that stuff out. Uh, but the angle of attack I want to talk to you about is, look, you know, we we have uh, massive deficits and, and the national debt as far as the eye can see, but we also have massive regulatory taxes. And the EPA has just proposed imposing a, you know, real doozy of a regulatory tax. 
they are saying that by model year 2032, beginning in model year 2026, they're eventually going to get the U.S. to a point where 70% of new vehicles sold are electric vehicles. Now, take a step back and recognize what that means. At the moment, battery-powered electric vehicles have a market penetration rate of about 7% of new vehicles. So they want to go from 7 to 70 in about eight or nine years. That's a 900% increase. I mean, that is just flabbergasting. And the regulatory costs that that's going to impose on the economy, the lost jobs, people entirely priced out of the market, it's just unthinkable. And they're also trying to justify it, Steve, with a, a kind of fairy dust math where they claim that this regulation will create, and, and wait for this, $1.6 trillion in net benefits over costs. I mean, anyone who believes that needs to immediately go to a, uh, a mental health professional to get checked out. I mean, it's just not plausible in the least. And if you just follow the logic to its you know, rational conclusion, right, why can't we just regulate our way out of inflation, regulate our way out of uh, the uh, economic stagflation that we're going through all by just imposing new regulatory mandates, 1.6 trillion at a clip. It makes absolutely no sense, Stephen. It is the, the administrative state on a roll. Well, this is why I said, you know, in Trump's first term, when I talked to CPAC, deconstruction administrative state's one of our priorities. I'm gonna have Philip Patrick on here in a second to talk about the budget and capital markets. But this is the reason we need to have this fight now, the reason we can't have any lift at all to the debt ceiling is that we've got to choke out the administrative state. Here's the first question. Um, Newsom just announced, and I think they're talking in a couple of years in California, they're going to stop selling any internal combustion engine gas powered cars whatsoever. But what the audience wants to know is how can they just come up with these regulations? Is this a law that went through Congress? Is there interpretation of a law? I mean, how do they actually get to the thing of giving a dictate, a diktat that 70 percent within, you know, six, seven, eight years are going to be electric vehicles when we don't have any of the infrastructure set up? None of it. How does that actually happen? Uh, how's the grid going to bear that, for instance? Right, Steve. So uh, exactly. Clearly, if this were put to Congress, there's no way that it would pass both houses of Congress and then be able to get signed into law by Joe Biden. It's something that can only be done as a regulatory diktat. So what does it trace to? It traces to the Clean Air Act, Steve. This is a rulemaking under uh, uh, Section 202A of the, uh, the Clean Air Act. And you know it's why we need things like uh, the major questions doctrine that I'll talk about in a second, and why we really need the full-on medicine of the non-delegation doctrine, because basically we're talking about delegations made to EPA 40, 50 years ago, and they're now being used to be perverted and turned into not just an incremental program that you know, gradually ratchets up, uh, you know, uh, how the fuel economy of the cars is going to go or what the uh, emission standards are. So you get uh, improvements in air quality. No, they're going to they want to change the, the direction of the economy. They want to eliminate the electric. I mean, sorry, the uh, gas uh, powered conventional engine. They want to have all electric and they want to do that without any specific congressional authorization. And that's where the major questions doctrine comes in, because Steve, last term from the Supreme Court in a case called West Virginia versus EPA, we got a decision that said that EPA could not radically generation shift how we were producing power at power plants in the United States, going from 
uh, coal or other uh, you know, fuels to natural gas and then ultimately only to renewables. The Supreme Court said there's no clear statement from Congress in the Clean Air Act that you can do that. If you want to try to do that, you got to go back to Congress. Similarly here, I think this is even more radical uh, transformation of how the economy would work, that you'd go from 7% of heavily subsidized electric vehicles to 70% in just about eight years, because model year 2020, uh, uh, 2032 would start in calendar year 2031. So this is just a this is a, a massive power grab. People would never vote for it. And it also, Steve, has ridiculous justifications like this. They say they need to do this to avoid uh, racism and promote so-called environmental justice, right? But it's exactly, uh, you know, in opposite land, right? You stand on your head to have to see that because what this rule would do is price the vast amount of Americans out of the vehicle market, right? They, you try to go into a car dealership and say what they're using yeah. in their fuzzy math here and say, hey, this, give me an uh, electric-powered version of a yeah. conventional vehicle for $1,200 extra, all, all, and they're going to laugh all, at all you. The, all, all the... Yeah, all the minorities are going to be forced into public transportation with no choice. Around. Hang on for a second. The left supports you. I want to play one of the biggest voices on the progressive left. This is Young Turks, Anna Kasparian. Let's go ahead and play this. We've we've uh, made it so it can be played during the family hour. Then I'm going to have Jeff Clark comment. This is the this is the progressive left. Their thoughts about this very topic. The way that it happens is I know that in in California, at least with the phasing out of gas powered cars, and they'll probably do the same thing with uh, gas stoves, is they just ban the sale of any new gas-powered cars or any new gas stoves. And so the technology that you have in your home, the gas stove that you have in your home, if it breaks, not only are you not able to buy a new one, but it gets increasingly more difficult to just repair it. You get what I'm saying? And so, like, I that's, get it, but look, that's a bump. That's the normal bumps in the road as you transition to things. I know, but Jake, like, don't minimize the financial burdens associated with these things, okay? Because, no, like, I am literally freaking the f out about the charging station thing. I'm like, it's gonna cost. We're gonna Did take out a massive loan to pay for it. We're not getting any help from the government on that. I did you Did you guys ask? Is there any tax credits? No, but seriously. Seriously, there's no government help at all to Jake, transition, you guys? I don't give a f about tax credits. No, no, I'm saying for the HOA. Like, no, so I, there's the been no talk of tax credits. I haven't seen anything about tax credits. I should look into it. Maybe there are tax credits, but I don't give a f about tax credits because you have to shell out cash, okay? Like, I just, I want to do something in response to climate change. That is not my, my issue here. My issue is how, like, we're forced to make all these changes that are a financial burden, a giant inconvenience with like little to no help. And the, the solution from the government in terms of like, no, no, you get you get financial benefits for doing this tax credits. No, I don't want I don't want the tax credits. I will give me the money. Give you give me the money. OK, don't tell me this about how I have to buy like some new thing because the government's forcing me to do it. And then like. After I file my taxes, there's a certain portion of that purchase that might be tax deductible. Like, I, I can't, I'm you, so sick of it. It's just like, mm, like endless pressure, 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 pressure. I can't take it. Yeah, I hear you. And and we ask too much of the middle class. We ask too much of the average oh, person. Oh, the middle class is the most group of people in this country. No, I hear you on all that. But at some point, we got to go to electric cars. We don't have a choice. 
like the plants burning. So we got to go to electric cars. So when California says, hey, let's go to electric cars by whatever the number is, 2025, yeah. et cetera. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be tough. But, yeah. and when but at the same time, now prices are coming down, right? Okay, but Jake, let's not minimize the cost of like actually charging those cars, right? Because here's the, here's the other thing. So Gavin Newsom pushes for and succeeds in passing legislation in California that would ban the sale of electric cars at a, at a certain year. I think it is 2025, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe not, maybe it's 2035. I don't remember the exact year, but eventually, pretty soon, you're no longer gonna be able to buy a gas-powered car in California. Literally, like, that same month, Kevin Newsom's like, oh, there's a heat wave and our energy grid really can't handle it. And so I'm just gonna ask you guys, if you have electric vehicles, please don't charge them right now. It's just. No, you can't do that. Jeff Clark, Anna Kasparian is one of the most articulate voices on the progressive left. And she did the best analysis there of why the middle class and working class, they're going to get cr- and Sink sitting there. Well, you're just going to have to. The planet's burning. And we got to go to electric vehicles. He is the administrative state, is he not, sir? He is. And look, she she was dead on there in terms of her analysis about the grid can't handle the demands for power for that many electric vehicles. Look at what's happening in California, that uh, people can't afford them. They're going to be priced out of the market. You know, the Biden administration is saying that this new rule on the EPA side is justified to fight racism, but it's actually a racist rule because it's going to price a lot of black and brown people out of the American dream of owning your own car. It's ridiculous. But while she's smart in her analysis and seeing that, you know, those policy prescriptions to fight the, you know, ostensible problem of climate change, she's logically challenged because she can't see that if they're claiming that they need to get to net zero, right, by some future date in terms of uh, carbon dioxide emissions, well, you know, you have to do radical things like that to do it. So then you have to question, do we really need to do this or not? And clearly, you know, uh, Sank won't question that. He's like, well, the planet's burning. We absolutely have to take these steps. Uh, You know, whereas she's saying like, well, there must be another way, but no, there is no other way. That's why I say she's, she's logically challenged. They're doing something that is economically infeasible. And that's why these regulations should be struck down. Look, back in the 90s, we got a 2% vehicle mandate in California for electric vehicles struck down. This is a 70% mandate. It's ludicrous. Uh, Jeff, how do we get to your, you on social media and to your website? Sure, I'm at uh, Jeff Clark US on Getter and Twitter and on Real Jeff Clark on Truth Social. And we're at the center, uh, americarenewing.com. The Center for Renewing America. Philip Patrick next in the war room. Thanks, Jeff. In my younger days, I was a naval officer on a destroyer. In fact, I was the A-gang officer in charge of all the engineering systems that were not main propulsion. And one of those was air purification. And I can tell you, the standards of the United States Navy are second to none. If all home air purifiers are the same, why did the U.S. Department of Defense select EnviroCleanse to protect and purify the air on board our Navy ships. Because of Viroclans, advanced mineral technology goes beyond ordinary HEPA filters to destroy airborne illness causing cold and flu viruses, including COVID. And Viroclans is the new science in air purification. And now you can order one for your home. 
This is how you help stop colds and flus from taking your whole family down. This is how you destroy allergy and flaming toxins and mold from the air your family breathes. In fact, this hospital-grade technology is so powerful that it promises far fewer colds and allergies and better sleep. Visit ekpure.com. That's ekpure.com and use the code STEVE for 10% off your EnviroCleanse home purification unit. You also receive a free air quality monitor plus fast free shipping. That's $150 savings right there. That's ekpure.com code Steve. ekpure.com code Steve. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. I want to go to Philip Patrick. Hey, Philip, uh, you're out. Correct me if I'm wrong, brother. I, I know you're out in L.A. These electric vehicles, and, and why I wanted to start the show with this. So much of what's going on, people can't make sense. All this spending, what's that? they're trying to, what's in this budget, in the regulatory, so it's two ways. They're coming at you from the spending side. Right, the woke and weaponized spending, but I keep talking about systemic. We got to take that. They're also coming. The administration says coming at the regulatory side. That's what Jeff Clark lays out. I mean, this is just taking the Clean Air Act, which was from the 1960s, adding an element to it that is so radical. Now you're out in California. You're getting it also at the state level with Newsom. We just had Kasperi on there. Correct. The people in California are going to take this, but this gets to the basic issue of why our economy is not hitting on all cylinders. We're not just not full-spectrum energy dominance. We've done this bizarro move to, like, take an energy superpower and redirect it to wind and solar and electric vehicles. It's so embedded. I mean, McCarthy and these guys have – it's not billions. It's literally hundreds of billions of dollars in these tax credits and all this. So first, before we get into the economy overall – and, and I want to talk about gold and why it's been a hedge and why people should think about it. Just give me your overall perspective of the madness and insanity that we're trying to chop our way through, brother. I mean, it's obscene. And I think Jeff Clark did a really good job of sort of laying out how absurd it is. This concept of going green as a long-term idea may be a great idea, but right now the nation clearly cannot support it. Right? And I think Biden is incapable of thinking beyond, beyond the end of the day. And if you consider the Republicans' plans that they're putting forward, they're fairly reasonable, right? We're talking about a one-year debt ceiling increase, freezing spending at last year's levels, reclaiming tens of billions of dollars in unspent pandemic relief funds. I mean, it's fairly rational. And what does Biden say on the back of that? He said that McCarthy had effectively proposed huge cuts to important programs that millions of U.S. households depend on. It's nonsense, right? It caps government spending, McCarthy's plan, at a 1% increase per year. How is this massive cuts, right? It's just bizarro land. The guy hasn't got an idea. He's trying to appeal to special interest groups, but in the process, he's running the economy into the ground, and we're seeing it. It's bizarre. You you bring up, and I'm glad you used those two terms, uh, reasonable and uh, rational. And we pride ourselves here in the war of being unreasonable. And, and here's why. I, I think it's now a time in American history if we're just reasonable, and I've given a real hat tip to, to, to Speaker McCarthy, because he's got a herd cats, right? He's got the mainstream. He's got some guys up in New York. They're in tough districts. I, I get that. 
he's trying to get to 218 to be able to put something. And quite frankly, as we've been saying the show the last couple of days, the 218 has some very compelling arguments to it. And they've gone back to try to be reasonable and try to be rational yeah. and not look like the sort. We take a different view. And that view is that, no, we need to lance the boil now. And the bo- we got to say, no, not one penny increase to the death. And here's why. And this is why I think it's good that you're special. That you're a precious metals specialist. You guys offer advice. You've been doing it for years. And why precious metals on fire? Because you have Japan and India and China and Russia and, and others buying gold with, with, with both hands. And here's the reason. What is happening is not reasonable. It's not rational. If we try to counter it with a rational plan, we're the suckers. What they're doing is absolute madness. And to the point what I want you to address is the BRICS. Brazil, Russia, India, China, uh, South America, and others, which are kind of what I call the global south that have the resources. They're sitting there and they're going, hang on for a second. The West is controlled by the dollar. That is the prime reserve currency. Everything I got to do is in dollars. And all they're, they're not showing any discipline. All they're doing is a rolling devaluation. So I'm giving my my rubber or my coal or my oil or my uh, rare earths, all the resources the Global South has, I'm trading that for a, a, an instrument, a Federal Reserve note, that they're devaluing. So, hey, maybe here's what I'm doing. And this is my theory of the case. They're essentially going to a quasi-gold standard because yeah. – they're actually being there are most of those countries are enemies, but you see the internal logic of what they're saying. The West and, and we're remember here, we're fighting the Biden regime and the irrational people. They're saying, no, you have to go everything on electoral, even if you believe the electoral vehicles. <laughs> There's no absolutely rational people say we're going to do it in five years or six years. We don't have the grid. We don't have the charging stations. We don't have the lithium batteries. You have nothing. So the the global South, to me, first of all, by going to a quasi gold standard is actually saying no, the West. And this is why we have to get our house in order. And the only way we get our house in order, if the war room posse First off, gets the Birch Gold, uh, you know, the, the third installment on the debt track because we wrote this months ago, but it's like we ripped it yep. off today's headline oh, from no. this morning's Wall Street Journal. We have to be unreasonable and unreasonable is have to say no, because we're going to have this fight. Uh, give me your thoughts on that, Philip Patrick. Listen, you're absolutely spot on. We talk about gold as a hedge and it is proving that. I mean, I didn't need to prove it. It's done that for the last 5,000 years, but it's proving it as a market hedge shorter term, right? What have we seen in the markets? S&P down 20% in the last year, bonds down 13%, inflation officially at five, really at 15, the dollar down 7% in the last 16 months. What's gold done on the back of that? Up over 10.6%. So it's hedging financial markets. Look at demand. This is really important. Demand for physical Physical gold rose 10% to a nine-year high. Central government gold demand rose 
82 percent. 2022, biggest year for central bank gold buying in history. So we know why individuals are buying it. They're looking at a market hedge. They're looking for something that doesn't have counterparty risk. They're looking for real wealth. Central governments is a different picture, right? Are they hedging economic uncertainty? Absolutely. The IMF just uh, slashed its global economic forecast in half. But what it really is, and this is what you mentioned, it's a vote against the dollar as a store of value. And this is the biggest problem, right? Brazil, Russia, India, and China, they're essentially eliminating the dollar from their transactions. They don't want dollars if they can avoid it. Now, is the yuan or the ruble going to be global reserve currency tomorrow? No, they both have issues. It's going to take time. But what it's telling us is even a handful of non-dollar trades significantly affects the dollar's global role, right? When currency regimes change, gold is the default store of value. Nobody knows at this point what's ultimately going to replace the dollar, right? So instead of risking a bad bet, they buy gold because gold is the hedge. So historically, during times of uncertainty like this, air coming out of stock market bubbles, a shift in global reserve currency regime, gold does well. So I think we've proven it's a hedge today, as it has been many times in history. 5,000 years. I'm going to go back to the central banks for a second Uh, because we're not here to give investment advice. What we're trying to do is give the macro and some of the micro and let you, but my, my thing I tell everybody, and this is on every topic we do, I try to immerse you in information, and so you guys can make your own rational decisions. This is a free society. You're free men and women. You have to make your own decisions. Being the prime reserve currency comes with tremendous benefits. It also comes with tremendous responsibilities. I'm not saying that we have to be the prime reserve currency going before it. It has been other countries in the past. It has been uh, England, the United Kingdom, until the end of World War II, where the pound had been since the Napoleonic Wars basically since the Congress of Vienna. It had been the Spanish currency before. It had been other currencies before, okay? I'm not saying it has to be. But you don't come off of that without major, and I mean major, um, financial and economic consequences. And it's not something to be done, to be forced upon you. It's something you have to, and look what happened to England. Look at all those lost years until Thatcher came to power in the right. late 70s and early 80s. The English lost a generation, right? You see the Japanese have lost, uh, they call the lost generation. Lost we are going to do that if we continue on this massive irrationality and continue to spend. I am not taking the side of my, our enemies here. I want to make sure people understand that these are particularly in Persia and in Saudi Arabia, in Turkey, in the KGB in Russia, and particularly the CCP. And Lula in Brazil, they are the enemies of the United States, but we are playing into their hand and making them seem logical. Go back. I got a couple of minutes. I got to get to this central bank thing. The central bankers also have a massive responsibility to to their countries. Walk me through again the purchases of gold, because this is not Steve Bannon saying it. This is not Philip Patrick, the guys who purchase gold. These are these are some of the heaviest dudes, men and women in the world that every day are under pressure to make tough decisions. What are the central banks doing in regards to gold? 
Listen, you're absolutely, absolutely spot on. I always tell people, you can listen to what I say, that's one thing. When central governments are buying, central bank government are buying gold at, at levels never seen before in history, it means more than anybody's opinion. There is no smarter money than central bank money, and they are moving into gold. Like I said, last year was a record in history for central bank gold buying across the board. And it's not just Brazil, Russia, India, and China. It's our, it's our, it's our allies as well. When currency is up in the air, wow. people turn to gold. That's what's happening, and it's happening on a big, big scale. And it's because we're trashing the dollar every day. Okay, Philip, hang on. We're going to get more into the economy. I got uh, Ben Harnwell and Rome. We're going to talk about Ukraine. We're going to take a short commercial break. We're going to be back in the war room on our Saturday session my favorite show of the week. I love them all. I love all the war rooms, but something, you know, being a kid and having to work on Saturdays, this was my show. Back in a moment. Everything's just beginning, but the games you want to play. Bring it on and I will fight to the end. Just watch and see. It's all started. Everything's begun and you are over. Cause we're taking down the CCP Spread the word all through Hong Kong We will fight till they're all gone We rejoice when there's no more Let's take down the CCP I admit it, I don't make the best food choices. The CDC says that I should eat six cups of fruit and veggies a day. Now there's zero chance I'm eating six cups of fruit and veggies a day. But according to a massive study, People who do eat healthy, live longer, have less heart disease and diabetes, and have less cancer. Now, I take Field of Greens, and I'll tell you why. Unlike other fruit and vegetable supplements, each specific fruit and vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected to support specific functions like heart health, liver and kidney health, immune system, and metabolism. I take Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast. And if you're like me, you feel healthier, have more energy, your skin and hair look healthier, and it can help you lose weight. But the biggest benefits is that better health promise. Take Field of Greens, and at your next doctor visit, if your doctor doesn't say something like, whatever you're doing, it's working, keep it up, return it for a refund. Let me repeat, it's the better health promise. Take Field of Greens, and at your next doctor's visit, if your doctor doesn't say something like, hey, Whatever you're doing, it's working. Keep it up. Then return Field of Greens for a full refund. And to help you get started, I got you 15% off your first order. Plus, get another 10% off when you subscribe for recurring orders. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code Bannon. That's fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon. Do this today. You will feel healthier. You will look healthier. You will act healthier. Fieldofgreens.com. Promo code Bannon. Do it today. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Hey, 
uh, air defense has been a very top priority uh, for us uh, for the entire war. Uh, but, uh, you know, ever since um, the fall and winter, uh, we have really been surging uh, air defense capabilities to Ukraine uh, to include uh, a U.S. Patriot system uh, alongside one uh, that Germany is providing. Uh, we've uh, contributed NASAMS uh, systems, um, uh, other uh, uh, short, medium and long and long range uh, air defense and missile defense uh, systems. Uh, so we will uh, we're doing everything we can. We made two priorities. One was uh, to bolster uh, uh, Western uh, air defense systems. I already mentioned the Patriot systems, but also uh, to make sure that they had sufficient artillery and that we were uh, providing them the armored and mechanized systems that we knew they would need and would need to be trained on uh, for the upcoming spring and summer offensive. So uh, we are all in. Okay, we're all in. Welcome back uh, to the war room. Let's go to Rome and bring in Ben Harnwell. Uh, ben, we can't talk about um, getting our arms around the budget, stopping the spending here. The defense budget is $850 billion. I'm a believer of taking down the CCP using non-kinetic means now. If we got to fight them in a gunfight in the South China Sea, we got to get ready for that immediately. I'm all in on that. They're number one priority. But we need to cut the defense budget. We cannot continue to spend. And this is because we're spread all over hell's half acre. And the biggest place we're spread all over is Ukraine. Walk me through. Who was that individual? Why is this another tripling down, particularly when we just had the release of the classified documents from Ron Filipowski and others that watch so show so closely? I disagree with you. You keep saying that the slides about Ukraine we're Russian disinformation. It's all changed. I, I'm not buying that because I haven't seen the evidence of that. You're going to have to show the evidence. I see the evidence of all the different 100 plus slides of the of the leaks and it all hangs together. And you haven't seen blowback. I haven't seen Millie testifying and say it's not true right now. They say it says in the, in the slides, 70,000 Ukrainian troops dead casualties to seven, 16 or 17,000 Russian. Plus, it shows everything's a lie. We've been told the whole triumphalist narrative is a lie, including this big spring offensive they're supposed to get ready for. Ben, why is this clip so important about their, their even with what we know now, they're still adamant about all in and all in means not just more dead Ukrainians. I'm going to get Philip Patrick here in a second. It means more tens of not hundreds of billions of dollars from U.S. taxpayer poured into the charnel house that is the combat zone of Ukraine, sir. Yeah, Steve, this was an interview that was released earlier on in the week with the editor of Foreign Policy. Um, and the, the guy being interviewed, Colin Carl, is the Undersecretary for Defense. He's the guy who's in charge of policy and specifically, of course, with regards to Ukraine and its um, spring offensive. Uh, and this is really the, the as you say, it's not, this isn't anything that's been leaked or has, has emerged in papers, Pentagon papers of, of um, unconfirmed veracity. This is an interview, a public interview, where the head guy um, at defence is saying perfectly clearly that the United States is all in uh, with regards to Ukraine. Now, if... Anyone watching you know, the war in possibly this isn't going to be news because we've been covering this and, and all the indications from the United States and from NATO uh, have been that this is basically a proxy war. Um, obviously, um, some attention needs to be... If I might just go on, because this ties into something else that happened um, early on in the week. Sure. And that yes. is Jens Stoltenberg went 
to um, to Ukraine, I think it was on Thursday. Um, and this is the quote that Stoltenberg gives. And this is how it all ties together. He says, NATO stands, with, talking to President Zelensky, NATO stands with you today, tomorrow, and for as long as it takes. NATO has been saying this, um, as has the United States, as has the UK, uh, for some time here. It pivots, I think, to what Putin has been saying domestically. And he, he's obviously been pillar, pillar, pilloried um, by the West. But Putin has, has been saying that, um, that really NATO is involved um, in this war. It's acting behind the scenes. And NATO has sort of been denying this. Again, somewhat contradicted by the leaked Pentagon papers. But now, sort of, again, this is, this, is, this is the Secretary General of the UN speaking um, on Ukrainian soil, not a NATO ally. Though obviously, if if you if you wanted to type in the word ally into um, into any of the press articles that just come up, it's the number one art. It's the number one word that's repeated again and again and again about NATO allies. Um, here, which of course, Ukraine isn't one. Um, but Putin has you know has been saying that this is this this is a war uh, when and NATO is acting behind the scenes, and this is absolutely true because what is NATO? But it's simply a glove, uh, which is uh, the, the 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 hand within this glove is the United States. Steve, this is what what's happening. It's basically the equivalent of how do you boil a fog? Uh, if you throw it into the boiling water, it's going to hop out straight away. You turn it up one degree at a time, and it's going to it's going to be boiled to death without ha- have a, ever having realised the increases of temperature. And this is this interview here, as I say, in foreign policy, is yet a further illustration how you know the goalposts are sort of constantly being moved in, and without anyone, without the president uh, ever going to Congress or asking for, for war powers or anything like this, the United States is, is, is now pretty much admitting that it, that, it is, uh, that it is all in, in a war of which it is ostensibly not a player. <laughs> all in, and it's never come to the American people. Just hang on for one second. I'm going to come back to this whole NATO as vassal state and what's really going on here. I want to go to Philip Patrick. Philip? One of the reasons we have central banks buying so much gold, one of the reasons we have so much perturbations is that the U.S., as part of this initial policy about Russia, we did to the Russians what we never did to the Nazis or to the fascists or to Imperial Japan in World War II or even the Bolshevik, even the Soviet Union. We went right after their central bank and we tried to destroy the ruble. And, and that caused tremendous perturbations now because he has, wait for it, natural resources, oil and gas. They were able, and every day you hear the economy's collapsing, Putin's being overthrown. It's, it's, but walk me through the U.S., because one of the reasons they're trying to get off the dollar is being used the dollar as a weapon. Right. And I'm all for using the dollar as a weapon when you use it rarely but you use it like a nuclear weapon, like taking down the CCP after Hong Kong. You can't just keep going on these sanctions all the time, or they're going to sit there and go, yo, dude, I'm addicted to this stuff, and it's a weapon you can use against me. Hey, call the gold desk. I think I want to back my, I think I want to back my natural gas and my oil and my economy with gold. Is that essentially what's happened here? We weaponized it in this situation with the pro- using Ukraine as a proxy war against Russia and it's blown back on us? 
It's exactly what happened. And, and I think your perspective was absolutely right. Look, Russia were prepared for it. They'd increased gold holdings. They have a very under-diversified economy. I've said before, they're essentially a gas station. We sanctioned them. Ruble plummeted. They pegged the ruble to the price of gold. It stabilized. And that was that. Had we saved that bullet for China, it would have been devastating, right? But I think Russia and China were always seeking an alternative to the dollar, but they didn't have the motivation because it's problematic, right, to go out and really do it. This gave them the motivation. Obviously, China have aspiration for Taiwan. They want to make sure they're as prepared as possible for U.S. sanctions. So I think it, inescal- it, it significantly escalated the inevitability. And I think it was just a big political misstep on behalf of the Biden regime, but no surprise, right? One of the things we try to do on the show is to make sure we give nomenclature, process, critical path, statics, and dynamics so that people can come to get their own mental map and their own understanding so then they can learn going forward about how the world works. I want to go back to something that is one of the most important, uh, not just elements of the Ukraine war, but one of the most important things that happened in modern economic history in the 21st century was in the early months of this war when we were using economic warfare like we've never used against either Hitler or the CCP, and we use it against Russia and what they did. And it got no, almost got no coverage in the corporate mainstream business media. Talk about Putin, these guys, they went and when we were trying to crush the ruble in the early, in the first hundred days and take down their central bank, holding actually the dollar reserves they had in other banks throughout the West, they went and made a move to peg the ruble to gold. Walk me through that and what happened. And most importantly, Why was the business media not covering this nonstop, sir? I mean, look, the the, the mainstream media is is trying to paint Biden as a saint, and I think every misstep is swept under the carpet. So again, that's no surprise. But like I said, Putin's Putin's pretty smart, right? Now, he went into to, Ukra- uh, to Ukraine in 2014, took Crimea. I think he always had aspirations to take the rest of Ukraine, but knew that they had to prepare, right? He, I, I think he, he knew what would happen from a sanction standpoint. Ruble plummeted initially. He increased gold holdings. He pegged the ruble to the price of gold. It stabilized and it went to 30-year highs. The ruble hadn't been stronger at one point for 30 years. So it didn't have the dramatic effect on the Russian economy that they thought it would. And of course, Russia have a lot of control. As you mentioned, they've got a lot of natural resources and it gives them control in, in terms of how they spend. You look at Russian, um, China now, sorry, having very successful conversations with the Saudis. This is a significant problem for us here in the US. The, the, the petrodollar was a sacrosanct agreement between Nixon and the Saudis since the 70s. For them to break that, I think, is a reflection of, of the US on the global stage, and we're weakening our grip. And this is what I've always said. Biden, you know, a president lasts four or eight years. But the, the, the damage that this guy is doing, if he continues down this path, will long outlive his presidency, long outlive. So this is really concerning stuff. I think that Shakespeare tells us this, right? And is it Mark Antony's, uh, Mark Antony's uh, eulogy to, to Caesar in, uh, in, in the play that uh, the evil that men do far outlive uh, the interment of their bones. The, the good they do is interred with their bones, but the evil that men do 
live on. And that's, that's what we're seeing. This, there is a fundamental, I want to make sure people understand, there's a fundamental shift in the global economy. And that shift is not playing to our benefit. We have been the prime reserve currency. We, we, we've been the dominant economy in the world since the Second World War. And part of the reason was is our allies, the Chinese people and the Russian people, not the leaders, not Stalin and not Mao Zedong, but they took the brunt of the Nazis and they took the brunt of Imperial Japan. We, our valor can't be questioned. We really, like in World War I, were the deciding factor to bring the end to the war. But they, they were the economies that were devastated. They were the countries that were devastated. We stood astride the globe as a colossus at the end of the war, basically un, un, unhit except for Pearl Harbor, right? We had lost, what, six, seven, eight hundred thousand, I think, total in, in yep. the fight. But England and the rest of Europe and, and Russia and China yes. were devastated. And since mm-hmm. that time, Bretton Woods, we've been the prime minister. What we're doing now is not thought through, even back then. These people really thought it through. They had a plan. They had an idea. This is just completely the bottom's falling out. Okay, we're going to take a short break. I got uh, Ben Harnwell for a few minutes and Philip Patrick here. Uh, We're going to wrap up the first hour. We're going to talk about the NATO as the vassal state in Western Europe and some closing thoughts on how this all comes together with Philip Patrick. Short commercial break. Back in the warm in just a moment. Just beginning But the games you want to play Bring it on and I will fight to the end Just watch and see It's all started Everything's begun And you are over Cause we're taking down the CCP Spread the word all through Hong Kong We will fight till they're all gone We rejoice when there's no more Let's take down the CCP For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in stream short supply across the United States. But you know that. Because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical, that's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Getter has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology, no more selling your personal data. No more censorship. 
No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, Getter, make sure you go up there. We're putting up information all the time. we got this huge conference in the greater Los Angeles area on the uh, World War III, the early years. we got so many top people around there. I'm going to give the closing remarks on Sunday. Let me go to Ben. Ben Harnwell, give me, I uh, only got a couple of minutes. Give me your latest report from Kiev. As we're shelling out tens and hundreds of billions of dollars, we're having this massive fight. They're going to have to cut all these programs for Americans. What's happening in Kiev, sir? Well, it's a very different picture from uh, East Palestine, that's for sure. This now is a report I'm going to read from The Times, okay? This is dead down the center establishment. Cocktails, oysters, and air raid sirens. War hasn't soured Kiev's taste for the good life. There are now more bars and cafes in Ukraine's capital than before the invasion. Here is the excerpt, and I'll, I'll leave you with this, right? The Kiev opera is open, and luxury spas offer gold leaf facials and teeth whitening. At soon, a huge Art Deco department store that is Ukraine's equivalent of Harrods or Harvey Nichols, moneyed shoppers pick up Chanel bags and Prada suits. It's no different here, one sales assistant said. It's just the same as it was before. This is what our sociopathic overlords are hiding from us and keeping from us and the rest of the mainstream media's com- broadly complicit in. Occasionally a crack opens, Steve, and some sunlight of truth comes through and we get to see what the real picture is. This is the life um, in Ukraine. And of course, it has to be like that because all of the unaccounted for billions that the United States and other countries have been pouring into Ukraine has to be spent somewhere. And this is where it's being spent, on gold leaf facials and teeth whitening in Kiev. Ben, uh, what is your social media? How can people keep up with you with all the great reporting you're doing about this? It will be on Getter, which is my uh, my profile. It's my surname, Harnwell, at Harnwell. And I'll also announce now, if I may, Steve, you know, your um, your the daily command brief uh, on, the, on the warroom.org uh, website, which I encourage everyone to go to and subscribe to. From today onwards, I will be doing original content for the for the for for the for the website, which if you register for the newsletter, you'll get the heads up on that original exclusive uh, content, and it will be my daily roundup on uh, on the international news. Fabulous! Look forward to launching that. I think we're officially going to launch it on Monday. Thank you very much, Ben Harnwell. Love it. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Philip Patrick, uh, I want everybody to go to uh, birchgold.com slash Bannon right now to get our end of the dollar empire, because if the empire is going to end, it should end logically. I don't happen to think it should end, but it should end logically. The bottom's falling out on this. What guidance do you have for us in this massive fight? You see what's happening in Kiev? Just a joke, a sick joke. Give us your assessment, Philip Patrick. Yeah, look, it, it's it's crazy. Huge, huge spending now in Ukraine, and we're 14 months in, right? Proxy wars between the U.S. and Russia tend to last a long time, so it looks like it's going to get very, very, very expensive. Central government gold buying, I said last year, 
uh, record highs, 1136 tons. And that's what was officially reported. I expect that to continue heavily through the end of this year as well. So tough times in front of us. Central governments now are hunkering down, hedging their exposure. And I think everybody else has to be doing the same thing. So as you said, birchgold.com slash Bannon, that's going to get people access to information, which at times like this is really, really important. Remember what applies for central banks applies for us just on a smaller level. I, like you, hope this is not the end of the dollar's empire. But if it is, we need to start hedging our exposure and planning for the worst and hoping for the best. I had not heard you. And by the way, Philip is one of the guys that I depend upon to do analysis. You know, we have Cortez, we have Navarro, Brad, Philip's part of the team. I had not heard. So you believe that the that the level of central bank purchasing of gold in this year, because you don't see the chaos getting any better, you think the decisions they're going to make are going to rival the levels they bought last year? Yeah, I, I absolutely do. The dollar's looking shakier this year than last, and I think that that leads to an increase in central bank, uh, government gold buying. And the trend is is that way through April so far. So it, we're heading in that direction for sure. And the, the logic is they sit there and go, hey, I can't get fired if I use gold as a hedge. It's been for 5,000 years. If I do something else, I could get fired. Nobody, Nobody's going to criticize me at the end of the day if I keep <laughs> buying gold. Is that basically the central banker? That's their insurance uh, policy, right? That's, that's it. And they're looking to be smart, right? We've seen dollar decline. We've seen gold shooting up this year. So it's working for them and it's working for individuals too. I expect it to continue, sadly, to do so because obviously I think prospects for the dollar short to medium term and long term, if we don't have a change, not so good. Okay, uh, Philip, once again, uh, uh, birchgold.com slash Bannon. You get all the information on the 401ks. You get it on the IRAs. You particularly get uh, the um, the end of the dollar empire, three-part series, and the third part is the debt trap. You can get that. Philip, how do people get you on social media? You're putting up great content all the time. Where do people go? Thank you, Steve. Uh, really simple, at, uh, at Philip Patrick on Getter, uh, at Philip Patrick on Getter. Philip Patrick, thank you for taking time on your Saturday to be with us. I appreciate it, brother. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you, Steve. Um, I got to tell you, this is, uh, and I say this about us being, we're not going to back off the debt ceiling fight. And they're going to call you every name in the book. And you see what they're doing on the electric vehicles, what this crazy thing is about the shift of into the uh, net zero carbon uh, it doesn't have a logic to it. Uh, even if you believed in that you had to do it, the way they're doing it is too radical and too uh, ill thought through. Okay, in the next hour, there's a massive conference out in L.A. on the Third World War, the early years. We're in it now. We're going to walk through the geopolitics. We're going to walk through the economics. We're going to walk through the impact on you and your family. All of it. We're going to take a short commercial break. We're going to be back with the second hour of our Saturday show here in the war room. Take a short commercial break. Be back in a minute. Make sure you go to MyPillow.com, promo code war room. Get the toppers, massive discount on the topper, the, uh, the pillow 2.0, buy one, get one free. Do it today. Short break, 90 seconds. We'll be back in the war room. 
War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.